Hey everybody, welcome back to the student. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your host, Russell Martin and Brent Aiken. Hey, we're glad you're joining us today, and we hope that you find this conversation helpful, insightful, and encouraging as you continue to lead your students in ministry. Before we jump into today's conversation, I want to remind you, check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Student Men. So we share insights, we share posts, we share uh, episodes that come up there. It's a great place to go and follow and converse and interact with the community. Also, our website is studentministryconversations.org, and there is a whole lot on there. All of the conversations that we have with show notes and such, also some blog posts and articles that may be helpful as well. So today, Brent is having a conversation with Karis Karstensen, um, and she is the youth pastor at First United Methodist Church in Happy, Texas, and she's also an assistant coach at the high school. But she's going to join the conversation today and talk about um, getting involved, not just in your own ministry. So, um, Brent, why don't you tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, so today I sit down with Karis Karstensen. And we talk about the importance of investing in your entire church and not just the ministry that you are in charge of. It's a great conversation. I enjoyed it a lot, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. All right. Well, there's no reason to delay anymore. So without any further waiting, here is Brent's conversation with Karis. Hey guys, welcome back to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brent Aiken, um, and I have the pleasure of sitting down with a friend of mine today. Um, Her name is Karis Karstensen, and she is a youth pastor um, way, 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 way up North Texas, um, but I'll let her talk about that more. Um, So before we get going too far, Karis, tell us about you. Tell us what you do. um, Anything else you want to share about yourself um, so we can get to know you? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Karis and I am the youth pastor at, or I guess one of the youth pastors at the First United Methodist Church in Happy, Texas. And in February, in a couple of weeks, I'll have been there for four years, which is crazy to me. I don't feel like, (laughs) I don't feel like I've been there for four years, but time has definitely flown. Um, I'm a pastor's kid. My dad is a Methodist pastor and he's been in ministry for about 30 years. And um, just really, just a great guy. I kind of like him pretty good. Um, I really, growing up, my relationship with the Lord was really just my parents' relationship and everything that they did and they taught, you know, was what I believed, you know, to be my own, which is a wonderful foundation. And then when I got to college, um, I really was not looking for Jesus <laughs> when I went to college. I just really wanted to see how I could get ahead, get up there as fast as I could. I'm in status or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then went to the Wesley Foundation at West Texas A&M where I went to school and really just fell in love with the people. And more importantly, I fell in love with Jesus. And, and that really, the Wesley Foundation really helped cultivate my want and my desire to have my own relationship with Jesus, just in the sense of, yes, I know God exists. I know he's good, but I want to figure him out for myself. And now, um, not being in school anymore or anything, just 
really realizing like this part this relationship is personal and it's my own and I'm so thankful for that time those growing pains and if that's what you want to call it um where I was really kind of figuring my faith out and now I'm so happy where where the Lord has me and yeah it's a little bit about me (laughs) yeah and so just so everybody knows you're not just a youth pastor right you also do something else (laughs) yes so um, I'm also the girls um, at Happy Haskell. I'm the girls assistant coach for all sports. So cross country, basketball, track is what we'll get into when um, basketball ends. And I also teach yearbook. And now I'm going to be the cheer sponsor for the next year. So busy is my life, but <laughs> but I really enjoyed that for sure. Well, that's awesome. And I'm sure you have a whole wealth of knowledge you could have dropped on another episode that we did with uh <coughs> joe robert and uh, joe roberts uh, with partnering with youth sports and stuff like that oh yeah um but yeah so it's awesome that you're a coach and a youth pastor i love that um just because um there really is not a more plentiful opportunity between those two jobs where you are literally surrounded by kids all the time, all day long. which is super, super <laughs> cool. Um, and so, but that's a really big ticket at the same time, because obviously with, um, being a youth pastor, with being a coach, those are two, um, two roles, two opportunities where relationships are pivotal. Um, you, you will not last long as a youth pastor and you will not last long as a coach without relationships. <laughs> and so, what is the importance of investing in relationships within the church, both as your staff perspective, but then also as just you being a member of the church that you attend? Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent relationships. Relationship is everything. Um, as far as <clears throat> investing in your church, I'll start as a staff member first, because I officially joined the church like two years ago. Um, but I'll talk about the staff part first. Um, investing as a staff person, especially just as a new person, just letting the people know that you care, letting your church family know that you care about their the vision of the church as them as people, not just people that you, you know, quote unquote, come to work and have to be around. Um, that's huge. Um, in college, there was one of my professors, he's actually the department head. Um, he said, you know, people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. And so you can get up there and preach all the wisdom, deep theology things, but if they don't know that you care, then that's like, well, cool, she's wise, but like, what else? And so investing as a staff member, just being open and available to your church family is something that I really love because, you know, once you put your walls down and let yourself be vulnerable and open to getting to know people, letting, you know, letting people tell you their stories and everything like that. It really comes full circle because then when they see you care, they want to know more about you. They want to see how you operate, how your personality is, how you interact around kids or on the spot moments or anything like that. So that's big as a, as a staff member. And then on the church member side, definitely, especially in my church family, we are very much for each other. And I like to think that's every church family, but I know that could not be the case at some places, but, um, you know, we all just try to go above and beyond to serve 
each other. And, and from, and investing in them, like asking and being intentional, like if people are like during joys and concerns during church, if someone's saying, my nephew is in the hospital, he's really sick or broke his leg or something. And if you write that down and then later on ask, Hey, how's your nephew doing? Like, that's just big. Just those small intentional things are huge in my opinion. And I've seen the impact of that from the staff perspective. And then as just a church member perspective. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I think relationships, like uh, you already said, is it's super, super important. It's something that like we have to, um, really, really remind ourselves. Sometimes we get very, very caught up in the, like, I'm going to teach the kids this and they're going to learn Jesus by this age and da, 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 da. But we, we kind of forget the fact that Jesus taught through relationships. Um, I mean, he lived life and he did life with his disciples and then all the other people that were following him too. And so there were different levels of relationships that he had, but having that relational focus and that relational foundation makes the gospel acceptable, makes the gospel, makes the people receiving the gospel more open to hearing it makes the people um, have a desire to hear it. Like you said, they don't care what you're saying until they realize how much you care. Um, And it's super, super important. And so um, obviously, yes, with um, the conversation of having um, relationships with the people in your church from a staff perspective and from another's perspective, obviously you have relationships with their kids too. Um, And so your students and um, I, I, I'm going to throw this out on the spot. Um, But yeah, obviously we talk about student ministry a ton, but is there any relational advice that you would give even from the coaching perspective of like um, how relationships can either break down walls or something to that nature? Like what have you learned from both the aspects of student ministry and coaching where relationships help, I mean, help make things happen? Yeah, for sure. I think, especially with moms and dads (laughs) or grandparents, parentals, whatever that situation is, for sure, just just listening to them, just being patient. And, you know, there could be a conflict that happened and you're like, well, I'm ready to to defend myself. I have this, this and this. But if you just really sit down and, and just listen to them, really, when people come to you, like with a conflict or if they're mad about something, they really just want you to listen and just to like hear them out. And so just sitting down, kind of getting out of your own head about it and just listening to them, listen to what they have to say. And because, you know, at the end of the day, that is their child and they have, you know, authority until, you know, that kid is 18 or, you know, 19, whatever. And um, so I really found that just being there and showing up, showing up for their kids would make any parent happy. And so definitely on the youth pastor side, just showing up, listening, and just being open to what, you know, other people have to say. <clears throat> and then on the coaching side of things, it's a little different because, you know, at youth, I can't make, you know, your kid run a sweet 16 for, you know, showing up late or anything. But then in practice, it's like, a whole nother ball game. And so that's something that I really had to work out. Like, okay, I want youth pastor Karis and coach K is what the kids call me. I want those to be the same person. And, and so 
with the parents, I think just whenever you, whenever they see you pull their kid aside, talk to them, explain a play or like a situation or something, the parents see, hey, that coach is taking time to talk to my kid, explain what they did wrong and not lose their pool, not yell or scream at them, but they're taking the time to just explain to them. And then they'll put it back in the game and then try to implement that again. And then, you know, with my girls, I'm very blessed, especially, you know, my high school girls are awesome, but those junior high girls, sometimes, you know, junior highs, you hit fundamentals hard. And, and from there, you know, there you go up to, you know, JV and varsity when you get into high school, but just actually communicating with parents is huge too. having that open line of communication to them personally over text or that they consider communication to be where you talk to their child also and talk to them kindly. And so definitely open lines of communication in youth and, you know, in coaching is big because parents, especially in happy, we're very blessed. Our parents show up for, for their kids and everything. And they want to know, you know, what time they're leaving, if they need to bring snacks or anything like that. So just being on top of your game and organize, organizing everything for sure. Talking about the, like being there and like, like doing what you can for parents and for their kids. Cause parents being there and everything that made me think of a story. Um, a couple, I, I guess it was last year. I, uh, coached my son's soccer team at YMCA. And, uh, one of the parents of one of the kids on my team came up to me at the end of the season and was like, Hey, thanks. You're one of the, like, thanks coach. Honestly, you're one of the best coaches we've ever had. And I was like, Oh, I mean like whatever, like, uh, and so I was like, oh no, I mean, just, we had a great team this year, you know, all the normal mumbo jumbo of like, it was everybody, everything like that. And she goes, no, she's like, I could care less if they win or lose. She was like, you did so many things that were super cool. And she was like, my favorite thing that you did this year is she said, every time y'all had a huddle, every time y'all did anything, she said, I loved how you knelt down to where you were their height and you were their level. And I was like, well, I just, uh, like, I didn't know what to say, but it was just one of those things. It was like, you know, that one moment, me doing something I hadn't, I wasn't like, all right, all the parents are watching, like I'm the Neil kind of thing like that. Like no one was like, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't doing it for a reason. I just did that. Cause I do it for my kids. And it was one of those things that like a parent came up and approached me after the season was over. And she was like, I love that you had respect enough for all the kids on the team that you knelt down to their level when you were talking to them. And I was like, well, that, yeah, that's cool. But I mean, so it's just the impact. Sometimes we do things we don't even realize. And so, I mean, obviously there is some fantastic stuff that can come from that. And like, uh, I love that you said you want to be the same coach in the same youth pastor, like the same person, like, um, and I think that's a beautiful um, picture that we all need to kind of work for because like, I want to be the same person in my family as I am for my students, as my employee or as my coworkers and everything else. And so like having that, uh, like foundational focus of like every relationship is crucial and they need to treat them all like they're equally important. 
um, is really important. And I think it's a super cool deal. And so youth pastors, um, obviously we're geared towards focusing on our students. Cause I mean, that is kind of our job and their parents, but what is the benefit of reaching out to the rest of the congregation, the rest of the church community that you have? Um, I mean, obviously I think that's something that has been, um, subtly expected of me in every church that I've worked at. And so what's the importance, what's the significance about reaching outside of the student ministry and building relationships with the rest of the congregation? I think that, I think doing, I think doing that, like stepping out and really investing in like your congregation beyond the walls of your student ministry. I think the benefit is incredible in a positive way. Um, because it's not, because then your congregation will be able to see, oh, she's not just doing it for a paycheck, which is ministry. My book fell. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Going back. <laughs> um, I think, I think if you're in ministry for the money, you're definitely not doing it for the right reasons, but, um, I think once they see like, oh, she's not just doing it for for a paycheck or for um, just the title, you know, of a youth pastor. She's actually wanting to care, wanting to invest. And I think my my parents set an incredible example of that for me and my sister to look up to when, you know, we were growing up everywhere that we went, like where we moved, investing, um, people knew that, okay, they're investing, they care. And I think one of the biggest impacts for me is, has been just in 2020, my parents, um, my dad got a new appointment to the Methodist church in Big Spring and it was moving day. Things were crazy. And my dad um, took me and my sister aside while my mom was unpacking the kitchen and everything. And he said, Hey, let's go unload the boxes and, and unpack and decorate my office at the church. And my sister and I were like, of course, yes, like, let's go, let's do it. And just that little thing. And there were so many people that commented on that um, about how my dad just had his office unpacked. He's ready to unpack and invest in the people. And everybody really appreciated that because it shows like, hey, they're here. Yeah, they love Jesus, but like they love me too. And I don't even know them all that well. And so, I think when you just go past those walls of like your student ministry or like your ministry as a whole and just let your guard down and like if somebody's in the hospital, just make it done. Of course, with COVID, everything is crazy and hard to get into hospitals and everything. But um, if you just like bake them some cookies or bring them some cookies in my case, because I am a terrible cook or baker, I burn a lot of things. Um, or just like sending them a card or just letting them know um, that you love them and that um, you care about them. I, th- I just think, I feel like I'm just keep saying this, but I just think it's so important, so crucial in ministry as a whole. Yeah. And I mean, it's crucial to show that you care. It's crucial to show that you be there. And then from a completely selfish aspect of it, which I mean, obviously we never want to be selfish, but from a completely selfish aspect of it, when you invest in the rest of your church, you are finding more people that are invested, hopefully in the same 
issue and mindset and everything like that. You're, you find people that are invested in students that you find people that want to volunteer. You find people that have so-and-so has this extra resource out here that like we can use whenever, like when you leave your relationship building to just the students, you're missing out on the entire church around the students that want to help out too. Um, and so it's really, really cool. We have, um, one of the things that I always bring up, well, like I always think about when I have conversations like this is we had an older couple in my last church. Um, they, she was a high school biology teacher and he was retired. Um, and like, they were always just like, yeah, Hey, I mean, like always nice, everything like that. And one time, um, when I was just visiting with them after church, they were like, Hey, do you, do you ever do like swim parties or anything like that? And we're, I was like, yeah, I mean, we do over the summer. Like, um, we typically try and do like poolside Bible study kind of thing like that. And, uh, they were like, Oh, well, you know, like we'd love to have the kids out to our house sometime and y'all can swim in our pool. And we have a little pond out there and, um, and she was like, and we'll, we'll totally cook them dinner and feed them and all this stuff. And it's like, I never would have even made the remote assumption that that was available without having that relationship there in the first place. And so it is as selfish, I guess, as it can be put off. It's also just a great opportunity to realize what else your church has and what else your church is willing to commit to serving with. And so I've had, I had, um, volunteers. I've had different church members. I had a, I had a youth dad that was a game warden, um, in Texas one time. And so like, I had this just random idea that we were going to go like, Hey, why don't we go like teach them a trait that like will be cool. Um, that like they can carry with them. And so like, we took them fishing, um, and like taught them how to like skin and clean fish and cook them and everything like that. And, uh, no kidding. He was like, yeah, he was like, I'll do that. And he was like, he took us to the back of a lake where like only game wardens are supposed to be. And, uh, like he'd let all the kids fish off the like reservoir dam. Um, and like, it was super, super cool. Like we would have never, ever, ever had access to that. Uh, Relationships are super cool. Like you have opportunities to not only invest in the church around you, but then you also have a chance to say, Hey, I know you have this pool and like, I know that you like have really wanted to use it. Why don't you step alongside us and in investing in the students as well? And it might not seem like a really, really big deal for you. Cause it's like, Ooh, whoop de doo a pool, like 17 of my 30 kid youth group have pools in their backyard, but it's an opportunity for more people in the church to step in and support your program too, and support the students and show the students that not only you care, not only the leaders that are helping in the program care, but the entire church is looking out for them. Yeah, and so it's definitely, it's super, super cool. I, I love reaching out and connecting with as many families as I can, just for the sake of, you never know how someone might be itching to serve. Um, and it normally ends up being a fantastic opportunity. Occasionally there are the ones that like, well, like, I feel like God's called me to lead worship and stuff like that. And then like, you're like, yeah, well, that's awesome. Like come up and help us one day. And then you're regret that decision later. Um, (laughs) but it, it happens. You still give opportunities. You're still are looking for new and 
um, new and different ways for people to serve with you in the student ministry. So super cool. And I think that's a, like I said, it could become off as selfish, but relationships are huge. It's super important to have that show that like you have the intention and the intentionality and the care for them, but then also it's going to help you out so much. Um, yes, I am. Yes. I am incredibly blessed by my church family. I had COVID, um, in December of 2019 and, you know, it's the first time I've had COVID since everything, you know, blew up in, in March and everything. And I was so sick. It was, it was awful. But, um, you know, my family living, you know, three, four hours away, um, my church family really took care of me and brought me ginger ale and, you know, crackers and soup and everything. And just really checked up on me and they just really made it a point um, to just check on me. And I think that's so big and it meant a lot to me because I had to, you know, take off work. I was take off from school, take off from youth and church. And I was just really missing my people. And that was hard for me in itself, just not being around people all day long. Like I have been for a long time. And, um, so yeah, I definitely agree when you invest in them and um just say, hey, like I'm gonna come, I wanna come over and I wanna help you with this. And if it's just like hanging up a picture frame or cleaning a kitchen or doing something, um, I definitely have seen like when you give, you know, the Lord will bless you back and receive. And I think whenever you give, whenever you serve, you are presenting the gospel because Jesus served and I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. So yeah, all the things that you said, yes. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's, it's something that, um, honestly, I did not think of on my own. Um, I actually have to chat, uh, like have to give credit to a pastor that really, really liked to push my buttons. Um, because I was very like, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to focus on this. Da, 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 da. And he's like, that's great. But, uh, and his, the way he said it, he was like, that's great, but who pays your paycheck? Right. <laughs> he was like the, the students that you're serving or all of the other people in the church. He was like, so when the other people in the church don't know you and don't know what you're doing with the students, he was like, odds are that you're not going to last long. He was like, because you, if they don't know you and they don't know your heart and they don't know your passion and like pursuit of the students and when and why and where and all that stuff, he's like, they're not going to, I mean, they're not going to feel safe with you around their students because they don't know you. It's, I mean, it's, it's one thing when your student comes home and says, Oh, he's awesome. Da, 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 da. He's like, but if they don't have that connection with you, or if they don't feel like you value them, like it's a, it's a very, very damaging, um, scenario for, um, <laughs> potentially not having a job very long, um, yeah, because agree. you have to invest in the whole church. Um, and so for those that might not have had the relationships that they'd like to have, or they were like me and just didn't realize that was a thing at the beginning. Um, and maybe, or maybe you're a youth pastor that like just started at a church um, maybe first year, um, in ministry at the church that you're at right now. Um, what would you say to like, as a starting ground, like, where would you recommend they get started on that? Like building relationships with in the church? I would definitely, I would definitely say just like a starting, <clears throat> of course, pray, <laughs> um, 
for the first, but secondly, you have to make sure that your own relationship with the Lord is solid. Um, because when you are filled up spiritually, you're going to be able to pour out better, more better as, as I say sometimes, um, you're going to be able to pour out better because you are filled up. And so just make sure that you're being fed spiritually. Um, having a mentor is incredible. Um, I have a mentor. Her name is April. I love her so much. Uh, she's actually a church member in, in my church family. And um, I would not be okay ever without Jesus. But you know, April too. She, she's awesome. She has taught me so much and just, I can't even thank her enough for all that she's done for me, but definitely, you know, finding those people to pour into you because ministry is hard. Ministry is incredibly hard. It's incredibly rewarding, but it is hard. It is its own thing. And if you do not prepare yourself, you're going to be given on an empty cup and that is rough. <laughs> Take it from experience. That is rough. <laughs> and so definitely, um, you know, making sure your relationship with God is good. And then I'm um, just letting, you know, letting the kids know that you're there and give the kids your phone number. Like that is, that's a big thing for me. Let them have your phone number. Let them, <clears throat> you know, say like, Hey, and tell them, Hey, if you ever need anything, please call me if you need a recommendation letter for scholarships or something like that. You know, I want you to be able to know that you can come to me. So definitely letting, allowing yourself to be available to them. And then, and they may say some crazy stuff. Like if they just say, Hey, I really want to talk to you about something. Um, and you say, yeah, yeah, sure. And then you're on the phone for like an hour with them. They're talking about, you know, something that's kind of off the wall or whatever, but if you listen and you're intent about it, they're like, oh, they just listened to me for an hour, talk about my dog who, who did a cartwheel or, or something like that. And so just really investing and in, <clears throat> in praying and working hard, work hard for your kids, work hard to not necessarily gain approval, but in a sense, gain approval. I don't know, ministry, ministry is a funny thing like that. You're trying, you're serving the Lord um, and you don't, you know, the opinion of man, you know, you're like, oh, the opinion of man doesn't matter. It's only what the Lord thinks. Well, in ministry, <laughs> in ministry, it's a little different. You know, you do have people that you have to answer to. And so, I mean, just be genuine, just be authentic because junior high age and high school age kids, they can tell if you are faking it. They can tell if you're not in it, if you don't like them. And they will call you out on it. They are not afraid to to tell you the what for or anything like that. Yeah, um, definitely. And so what about the rest of the church? Like, um, say you are walking into a brand new church and you are walking in and you're like, you know, I obviously have the students over here. I'm to do my time and like invest in them. But like the rest of the church where would you start? Like, where would you start building relationships? Definitely. If, you know, just making sure that you show up early to like church or any event that's going on just to show up early, help set up. 
anything. And then at the end of the day, staying later and help tear him down. Um, and, and happy, we, you know, have our potlucks and we built a brand new church and we were able to get in it in December. But before then we were meeting at the community center um, ever so often. And, you know, you have to put up chairs and everything like that. And so, um, definitely that. And then, um, just make it, just asking, where can I help? What can I do? Because, you know, potlucks and, you know, VBS and all the things that people don't really want to do. <laughs> you say, oh, I'll do that. Yep, that's me. <laughs> um, so definitely just stepping and filling in the gap where you see needed. Um, like there was a need. I think this was like probably six months or so into my, into, you know, being the pastor and happy. Um, the lady who did the PowerPoints for our church services, she stepped down and nobody was wanting to do it. I was not wanting to do it at first. And um, just because I was just going and doing so many things. And then I just kind of felt the Lord kind of like tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, you need to volunteer at this, serve your church in this way. And so, <clears throat> and so we were all in a meeting as our big um, at council meeting and I was like well well I'll do the powerpoint and I mean it was silent and every head turned towards me and I was like oh man because <laughs> I usually you know really did not speak up in meetings at all I was just there to listen and listen to the business of the church <laughs> and then um the ad council chairman said great check that off the list and so um but I'll just Really, because when I started, I was like, oh, I don't know about this, but it really adds a lot of value to, <laughs> to, you know, the church service. And then, you know, with that listening to our friends who just don't see very well. <laughs> and, you know, when they say that I can't see the words and, you know, making the font bigger and, and all of that, but <laughs> just definitely just trying to step out of just doing the normal youth pastor things and happy uh, we don't live we live about 40 miles for 40 miles from Amarillo like an hour and a half from Lubbock so really we're kind of in the middle <laughs> in the middle and so and there's Canyon 20 miles away but um just being ever being able to say like hey I'm going to Canyon today can I pick up anything for the church can I pick up anything for you personally or anything like that, just trying to be intentional with the little things really, you know, echoes in your congregation. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, stepping in to serve um, is super, super important. And I think stepping in, um, just like you said, stepping into where there might be holes, um, where there might be things that aren't the, the undesirable jobs. Um, it doesn't mean that you do them forever, but it means that it's a great opportunity to get your foot in the door and start meeting people. Um, one of the things that I always tried to do as I, as far as relationships, you start with the staff first because they're the people you work with day in, day out. And they're the ones that are going to have the most, um, I, the most, um, I guess, engagement on who you are and, 
um, what you bring to the table and stuff like that. And so they're the ones that are going to want to know you pretty quickly because they're the ones that are working with you. Um, and so that's your pastor, that's children's pastor. I mean, I don't, depending on the size of your church, I mean, I, I work at a pretty fortunate church to where I have two pastors over me. I am the lead youth pastor. I have an associate youth pastor. There's three children's pastors. Um, and so it's just one of those things that like, when you step into a position, especially with a position that has a lot of staff, like you have to hit the ground running and you got to meet them fast. You have to find ways to be intentional, um, with them. You have to find ways that you can help serve them. Because, um, if you genuinely, I liked how you said we're all for each other, um, earlier, like if, if you want to be a well-oiled staff, like you have to serve one another, um, it's super, super critical to making things work. Otherwise you are going to be super divided and it's going to be your ministry and their ministry. And then the pastor has his own ministry and all this stuff. And that's not how any functioning church should ever run just for the sake of you have, um, you have gifts and skill sets that no one else has. Um, and so just because you're the youth pastor doesn't mean that you can't use those gifts and skill sets to serve in other facets of the church. I have, um, a lot of design, um, and web designs like experience and skills and everything like that. And so that is something that I help across the board. Anybody, everybody in our church that needs something done, they come to me and I just design whatever they need because it's something that I can contribute to the entire, um, staff. And it's something that I can show, Hey, like we're all in this together. I want to help you out as much as I can. Um, and ultimately it's going to be great there after that. Um, my favorite group to start with outside of youth is the old people. Yes. Go find, <laughs> go find all of the like grandmas and grandpas, great grandmas, great grandpas, the people that have been in that church for decades upon decades upon decades, because they're the ones that are going to have the knowledge base and the experience. They're going to be the ones that have, um, a lot of just really, really fun, um, I, I love, uh, I love talking to the older crowd at church because they're the ones that all, most of the time have the most life, um, which is really, really ironic. Um, but like, they're the ones that like have the stories and they're the ones that'll laugh and cut up about anything. And so one of the first things that I did in my church was I joined the men's Bible study. Um, and no kidding. When I joined, I dropped the average age probably by 40. Um, (laughs) And it's just, I say 40, like if any of them actually listen to this, I would get in trouble. Um, (laughs) But no. So, but I mean, by probably 20 in all fairness though, like 20, I'm 31 and I like legitimately probably dropped it by 20. Um, But it is a fantastic group of guys. And it's honestly one of my favorite things that I get to do with this church now um, is just that fellowship with them. Um, They have so much experience and wisdom. It's an opportunity for me to grow as a person, for me to grow as a leader. And then it's also just an opportunity for me to love on other people in our congregation. Um, And so super, super fun. I love um, that part of ministry. I love getting to meet people. I love getting to talk to people that aren't involved in the student ministry. Um, it's a lot of fun, but outside of this conversation, um, or do you have any resources or any books that you might've read about, um, like reaching out and like having that relational focus or anything like that, that you'd like to throw into the rest of this conversation? But, no, but, um, there, there's a book, um, Sadie Robertson, 
and it's live or live. I don't know how she says it. I think it's live. Um, but I just love how she just says, you know, like live on purpose. And you know what I really got from that was, you know, live on purpose for a purpose. And, you know, whenever you have, you know, purpose, like for me, you know, serving others, then it's like, okay, that's how I can relationship build. And that's how I can do that. And all of those things, um, really just listening to really just kind of what, you know, formed that love of relationship was just growing up and actually just being involved in, you know, stock show and everything and really enjoying that. And then when I got to the Wesley, I just loved people. (laughs) And so, um, I have not really read a ton of books. I have a lot of books, but I haven't read a lot of them. Um, but I just really um, just love people and really just my time at the Wesley and, you know, learning from Mikey Latow and just all of the people under him just really investing in me, like, and telling me the importance of relationships really echoed for me. So not really a lot of paperback or links or anything like that. that no, I you're have, totally but, fine. Yeah. So live on purpose, Sadie Robinson. Um, I will add a link to that in the show notes. Um, and honestly, I was looking at my books in my office and I was like, well, those are all good books, but none of them really have like a, this is relationships focus. Yes. <laughs> um, and so maybe you're, I'm just going to throw this out to the listeners. Maybe you have read a book on this that would help other people. Be sure to throw it in the comments in the um on social media or anything when we post this episode later. Um, I would love to see that just because this is, I think, one of those topics that we all can just continually get better at. There's no such thing as that person is too relational um, because in all reality, relationships change. They ebb and flow just like everything else. And so it's a constant learning environment. um, And you really, really have to dig and work in order to be good at relationships. And so constantly finding new resources and things out there. I will definitely check out Sadie Robertson's book. I have not read that one. Um, But just the mindset of like, we all can be better at at things when we're youth pastors. None of us have reached the peak. None of us have hit that that moment, that mountaintop moment where we're just like, all right, I'm done. Like, right. <laughs> I think we, I think we can all be better. And then the other side, the only other thing that I would throw into that is, um, I love the comment that you made about the mentors, um, and finding that mentor, finding that person that can be, especially if you're new in ministry, finding that person that can be there for you. Um, and if you don't have that mentor, um, or that mentorship opportunity. The other thing I'd recommend is there are youth pastor groups on Facebook um, where you can ask questions about anything and every topic under the sun. Um, And there's thousands upon thousands of youth pastors in those um, groups. And a lot of them are super helpful. A lot of them will jump at the chance of helping you. And then a lot of times you'll score a ton of free resources out of it too. Um, But the two that we regularly name because they're the biggest that we know of um, is the download youth ministry community, um, on Facebook. And then also the stuff you can use, um, group on Facebook. Both of those have, um, a very, very large community of youth pastors on them. Um, and you might meet some new people. Um, you might meet, um, people that can help you grow and help you develop as a leader, as a youth pastor. And then also just in every aspect of our job, relationally, spiritually, everything. 
So um, I guess my last question then, Karis, is how can people connect with you? Are you on social media? Do you have any shameless plugs? Are you secretly writing a book or something like that that you want to like spill the beans on or anything like that? I mean, the floor is yours. Tell us anything, um, anything else about you that you want us to, you want to tell us and then how we can connect with you, whether that's social media, email, um, just if anybody wants to reach out and find you after this episode airs. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely not writing a book. <laughs> um, I'm really in the season of my life where um, sitting down and writing or journaling like during my quiet time and um, having to prioritize that alone has been quite interesting. So no book writing or anything, maybe in like, you know, 10, 20 something years, maybe. Um, but no, I am on Facebook. Um, Karis Karskinson. It's a hard last name. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, but um, yeah, and then I, I do have Instagram. It's just Karis underscore Karskinson. Um, feel free to reach out. I am so willing and so open to um, connecting with you and just talking about talking about all the things um, or anything that you need that you need. If you need prayer, um, let me know. I tell my kids, my youth kids, all the time, how. And can I pray for you? Because I want to know, I want to know what's going on in their lives and everything like that. So yeah, that's it. On my Instagram, you'll see a couple selfies and a lot of stuff about basketball and Jesus and friends and, and it'll be good. Well, there you go. Basketball, Jesus and friends. You heard it here. Um, <laughs> but with that being said, um, that does kind of get our episode to an end. Karis, once again, thank you for coming on the show. Um, super glad that I got you to come on and share your heart with us. Um, and I mean, what a great topic, just the like investing in your church. Like there's so much that we can do. There's so much that so much more that we can do, um, past what we already do. And it's just a great opportunity for any youth pastor to kind of do that check on themselves and be like, Hey, am I really doing what I should be doing when it comes to this? And so if that's you and you need to step it up, Hey, step it up. This is your chance to, uh, do a quarter of the year in new year's resolution. And, um, maybe this can be something that you work on for the remainder of this year. But if not, we always appreciate you being a listener to this show. Um, don't forget to check us out on our website where you can find show notes to this article. There will be a link to the book that Karis recommended as well as her social media links. Um, you can find those on there, studentministryconversations.org. But until next week, we will see you later. Y'all have a great week. Well, hey, everyone, thanks so much for joining us. And thank you, Brent. Thank you, Karis, for this conversation. Um, and if you're listening to this, we hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this episode. Um, maybe you found something that you can use and you can put into practice um, as you continue to pour into the lives of your students. Yeah, if you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, we would ask that you leave a comment and a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. We would appreciate that so much as it helps us climb the ranks of podcasts that are made known on the different platforms that you're listening on. Um, also, maybe you know someone who would benefit from this conversation. Take a moment, share this with them on social media, tag them, and then also tag us at Talk Student Men on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also support us financially by monthly sponsorships 
or you can now purchase merchandise on our store. We have a couple t-shirts up for you guys that you can buy on our website, studentministryconversations.org. Now, Russell, you have next week's episode. What do we have in store for the podcast next week? Yes. Well, next week's going to be fun because we're talking to you, Brent. Um, we are going to sit down and talk with Brent uh, about his ministry and, and leadership and how we can help students to take ownership and take leadership and how we encourage the, them uh, to do that. I mean, we, we've had some podcasts that have talked about student ministry leadership and how to set that process up. Um, but we're going to look at it from another angle and what it means to to encourage and equip and empower students to step forward um, and how we do that. And so it's going to be exciting. It'll be our first interview of the other um, host. And uh, I'll have an episode that Brent will do with me a little later on in the season. Um, but I'm looking forward to it and I can't wait. Man, that sounds great. I can't wait to hear the conversation next week. Just a reminder, be sure to go to studentministryconversations.org for show notes and links from this episode. Just search for this week's episode in the search bar. We also have helpful articles and blog posts up as well. Again, thank you for joining us and we will see you next week.